this is season three of the Dundeal Football Podcast. And in this season, I'm going to be talking mainly about my football industry and covered course I did on YouTube um, towards the beginning of this year. I touch on loads of interesting topics, including football transfers, player contracts, boot deals explained, what goes into an image rights contract, FFP, player football agency, third party investments, etc. Hope there's loads of good content for you to get stuck into. And as always, let me have your comments, your feedback. I very much hope you enjoy it. Happy listening. Today we're talking um, about image rights deals. Um, And so very briefly, what I wanted to um, set out for everybody is usually about the first 15 minutes. um, I chat and give a little bit of detail about uh, specifically the topic. And then we save uh, at least 15 minutes if that's all right to be able to uh, talk um, through some of your questions. So um, as usual, um, don't worry if you can't stay for the whole time or if you're not able to join for particular sessions. Um, All of the sessions are recorded and available on my YouTube channel afterwards. um, So you can grab them whenever you want. Please feel free to spread the word. Um, It's great to have everyone on. Um, and the more questions and the more interaction we can have, the better. So um, let me tell you, again, I try and put these things in threes, what we're going to try and talk about um, today um, in terms of um, three aspects for particular image rights. It might have been better for me to do image rights yesterday before boot deals in hindsight, but um, either way, I think it still works. So what have we got? Um the, the three areas that I wanted to touch on were, I guess, the fundamentals of what image rights are. I can speak from my experience um, as an English and Wales law lawyer um, of how I work um, and work with players and agents specifically when it comes to image rights deals. Um, and then probably the most important image rights deal is usually the image rights deal between the player and his or her club. Um, so that's number one is what are image rights and what is the, the specific club deal that clubs usually enter into with players, image rights companies. The second is why enter into image rights deals? Uh, why do players want, want those rights, uh, rather want um, to provide those services or the players' companies to provide those services? And why is it useful for clubs to have? And then third, what I want to sort of briefly touch upon are the positive and negative obligations in club image rights deals. But again, just to make reference to the fact that um, it's important to note that I guess um, the, the image rights deal between the club and the player is just one type of commercial deal. Like we talked about yesterday, boot deals are another type of image rights deal between the player and the brand. There can be other deals like ambassadorial deals, sponsorship deals, particular commercial endorsements that players through their image rights com- company will usually try and contract with particular brands um, and or clubs. So on that note, let's uh, let's just start off. So uh, probably by way of brief background as well, it's probably just worthwhile um, explaining in relation at least to what image rights are and why there are specific club um, image rights deals. So one of the ways that um, clubs can usually increase the value of their own sponsorship deals um, is to promise personal appearances, adverts, promotions with their top players. And this can usually be achieved through image rights agreements with their players and their manager, um, particularly at the top clubs. And I'd probably say deals for image rights um, have been relatively commonplace in the UK and over Europe over the last 
20 years or so, going back to the pretty infamous David Platt and David Burkamp case when they were um, at Arsenal um, quite a while ago now. So players and clubs will, in terms of at least one bilateral agreement, uh, enter into agreements by which the club will pay the player, usually through a player's image rights company, and I'm sure there'll be some questions on that in due course, um, an agreed amount in exchange for the ability to use the player's image in their general commercial, um, marketing, uh, promotional materials. And the important bit to note there is if you can imagine that that deal sits alongside the player's playing contract. So the player's playing contract is one negotiation that I'll usually get involved in, and then also the player's image rights contract between the player's image rights company and the club is usually a second contract that will usually be entered into. And the reason why, part of some of the reasons why this can be important is, is um, it can be more tax efficient. So, for example, um, an English club, uh, English club players, um, if they're paid substantively, certainly all, almost every EPL player will be paying 45% income tax on payments in relation to their playing contracts, i.e. their on-field contracts. But a player um, can then transfer his image rights to a company that receives those payments on behalf of the player and pays corporation tax. And that corporation tax is currently, I believe, at 19%. Therefore, there can be a tax saving on that particular element. Now, we can talk about it in a bit of detail afterwards. Um, but although it would look like there's a tax saving there, that is definitely the case. But if the player wants to take out that money out of that image rights company, um, they will then have to be taxed on that amount if it's by way of dividends or if it's by way of paying play, uh, by playing um, staff of the image rights company um, particular um, salary, then all of that is um, subject to um, the normal tax requirements too. So the, the issue and the controversy to a degree is that in relation to image rights contracts with clubs, HMRC, which is the, the tax, UK's tax authority, has, has tended to be concerned that some clubs have disguised the player's salary as image rights payments in order to reduce the overall tax burden for the player um, and the club. So that, that's the basic setup of what uh, a club uh, player image rights deal may relate to. Um, and usually it's the player's image rights company, as I mentioned, that enters into that deal. And, and the next step then, I guess, is what are image rights um, and what are the rights that effectively can be um, rights and services, I guess, that can be provided by the player's image rights company. Um, so the, 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 the types of image rights that we're talking about here, the player's image can, can include, and this is just by way of reference in terms of a lot of the agreements that, I can, that I'll draft, can be the player's name, likeness, nicknames, photographs, signatures, um, endorsement, physical details, other personal characteristics, etc. But the general idea is that um, the descriptions would include everything that might form part of what the player's image for player and or his club then can market um, accordingly. So the reason why this is important is that a club and brand will be paying a player to endorse and promote a number of specific commercial deals. And as commercial drivers push football into the entertainment and um, brand space, clubs are looking for a variety of ways to monetize and grow their revenue base. Therefore, with clubs entering into a multitude of different commercial partnerships with brands that want to be associated with the club, but as importantly, um, their high-profile players, um, 
those image rights deals between club and the players image rights company become very important because the club can effectively guarantee a certain amount of control over the player's image and the exploitation of that image and that's very important so again how do actually image rights deals work um, in practice so um, this is important because this shows sort of delineation between the employment contract and the player's company's image rights deal with the club. So under um, standard employment contract um, that each Premier League player enters into, there are certain provisions um, as default settings, basically, that allow the club to use a number of its players to promote the club's um, main sponsors. But what the contract effectively says is that um, that it is limited or that use is limited and mustn't be greater usually than the average for all other first team players. So if that's the case, um, if, for example, Salah at Liverpool, um, if the club doesn't have a separate image rights agreement with him um, and he's obviously one of their star players, it would be difficult to use his image with the majority of the club's commercial partners because it's not generally permitted under the player's standard employment contract. However, the club's commercial partners, presumably, um, will want to use Salah's image more than the rest of the first-team squad who are less recognisable in other markets and obviously aren't as um, prominent as Salah in particular markets. So if Liverpool, as a club and the commercial team, want to actually use Salah's image across a range of all of their commercial opportunities, activation opportunities, possibilities, it becomes uh, pretty vital, I guess, for the club to contract separately with him through a deal giving control of those rights um, to endorse particular products and services. So usually, and it would be the case, I, I don't work with Salah, but um, I would be surprised if he doesn't have his own image rights company through which the club will need to pay that company for Salah's image, off-field image activation in lots of different ways. So um, that's that. Um, why do players and clubs enter into those particular deals? Well, as we mentioned, there are obviously tax advantages to that, um, as we talked about in terms of um, PAYE versus corporation tax. Um, but the controversy that tends to be tends to surround image rights deals, especially between the club and the player's image rights company, is because during the early 2000s, many clubs entered into large image rights contracts and actually came, came unstuck to some degree. Um, and that was probably because... Um, the terms agreed with the players didn't really have, well, a lot of the players, for example, didn't really have too much of an image to commercialise. So, for example, if a player had, Im had an image rights deal worth um, a million pounds a year, HMRC, the tax authorities, were obviously pretty interested to understand how that deal had been valued in the first place, um, how the club had exploited those rights as part of the wider club strategy. And to give an extreme example, for perhaps like if you know a championship club had paid its reserve keeper a large percentage of that player's overall salary or, or remuneration of general overall package through an image rights deal, then it would look um, it would look strange because simply the player wouldn't have had too much of a commercial image to exploit. The club wouldn't necessarily be exploiting it in a, um, a significant way. And it looked um, uh, and effectively then the, the tax authorities would be asking about the, the I, I guess, the commercial. I don't guess I know that that's what they would have been doing, asked about the commercial justification for such a deal. 
So HMRC did actually investigate um, a large number of the clubs during the early 2000s. And it was believed or reported that most Premier League clubs during that period up until 2010 actually entered into um, a variety of settlement agreements, basically. So um, that's um, at least trying to explain a little bit of the, the controversy. And if I can just try and weave a little bit more nuance into that as well, generally, because um, yeah, the way I generally try and see image rights agreements is if, if you can imagine in the middle you have um, a player who has transferred, assigned or licensed his rights to a company that will exploit those rights. Um, he will usually be, he or she will usually be the, the sole beneficiary, shareholder, director. Others can be directors of that company. And then effectively what that company will be doing is entering into a vast array potentially of commercial deals. Now, where those commercial deals overlap is something we talked about yesterday with those boot deals. But if you can imagine a high-profile player, uh, Premier League player, for example, will usually have um, a, um, uh, an image rights deal with the club. So that will be image rights, club player image rights company deal with the club. Then it might be a player image rights company deal with a boot manufacturer we talked about yesterday. Then it may also be a, a player image rights company deal with um, Beats headphones or um, a particular electronics make or sunglasses or skincare or hair care or personal products or other types of accessories. Um, and what um, is very important for the accountant, lawyer, um, IFA and others to understand as part of the wider team is how all those deals fit together. And the reason why I say that and why it's quite important is one of the things I touched on yesterday was that usually there can be quite a lot of uh, restrictions in a boot deal, which is um, maybe the boot manufacturer doesn't want um, the player to be um, endorsing or wearing particular um, competitor partner, um, competitor products, for example. And the same is the case with um, football clubs. So as you can imagine, let's just say Manchester United, Manchester United's main shirt sponsor being Chevrolet um, and DHL being their, I think their training ground sponsor, I think still, maybe maybe wrong. But let's just take Chevrolet Bahama for Chelsea, it'd be the same for Emirates with Arsenal, it'd be the same for Standard Charter with Liverpool, for example, is um, the club would put a restriction in that player's image rights company contract to ensure that that player couldn't at least, for a number of the main club's um, commercial partners, enter into deals with those competing partners. And that's a very important element to it also, as well as all the positive obligations of appearing, of having your image to exploit, of turning up at particular charitable events, at um, uh, using image for lots of different elements, going on pre-postseason tours and the commercial obligations that maybe follow with all of those type of things. Those are the positive exploitation points, but the negative restrictions can be quite specific as well. And obviously, the commercial operation for the club the wider those restrictions might be unless you can um, have a, a type of negotiation um, with the club when the player is transferring in to the club at the first place. So they were, that's that's basically, yeah, 16 minutes in. Um, that was what image rights are, why club deals can be um, quite important, why players and clubs would want to enter into um, image rights deals, and then a little bit of detail on the positive and negative obligations um, of those deals as well. But if you can just really imagine when we're talking about image rights, what we're really talking about are all of the deals that the players 
usually the player's image rights company will be entering into, which isn't the player's um, employment contract for playing on pitch um, employment. So everything outside of that, um, I would say, is usually uh, what we class as um, types of image rights. So let's get on with some questions. We've got some great questions as usual. Thanks everybody for telling me they can hear me, which is great. Um, Daniel, please, could you talk about image IP rights with regards to aspects of fantasy football sports? Um, and that was from Devarat. Um, yes, yeah, so there, there are there's some interesting questions around that because um, I'll just lay out a few of the questions. I'm, I'm not sure I know all the answers, to be fair. But the, the issue sometimes can be is that um, the players own or usually transfer their own right to exploit their image to their image rights company. But in certain instances, those rights also um, are licensed to their club, for example, to other brands who they've entered into deals with. They might be also licensed to the national team for particular exploitation purposes as well. The question is whether, um, uh, I think at least if the question's right, whether um, particular third party companies are able to use the image, the fact that player, players' names, etc., um, whilst um, effectively exploiting a game or a fantasy game or otherwise. So um, it's not really a straightforward one. FIFPro, um, I think it's common knowledge, um, provide a license to a number of computer games um, uh, companies, um, and they effectively are, I guess, suggesting that um, they uh, are endorsing the computer game's ability to be able to use their members' image and names, etc. Um, but I don't think that's a yeah, straightforward one either. Um, Jack, uh, is setting up image rights companies a large part of your work? Are these typically done through shelf companies? Yeah, great question, Jack. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like you set up a normal um, limited company in company's house, for example, at least in, uh, in the UK. The difference is, and this is what's really important, is that um, HMRC and to ensure that the, um, the processes are done correct and the contractual relationship is set up, is that effectively what you need to ensure is that the player is either transferring, licensing, assigning his own personal image rights into his image rights company. So then the image rights company can effectively contract with the brand, with the club, with the ambassadorial deals to say, yes, we have a license. Yes, we own these image rights that we are effectively then exploiting and contracting. So, um, yeah, our corporate team usually set up the image rights deals or accountants firms can set up the image rights companies themselves. And then we will help um, with the documentation for that transfer, for that licensing, for that assignment. And then we will then help negotiate those particular deals. If it's a club image rights deal, um, if it's a boot deal, if it's a, another ambassadorial deal. Uh, question from Dan Cumming. Do players managers often set up image rights deals separate to the club? Thinking of Mourinho doing Heineken Paddy Parads whilst out of work, or would that be outside of an image rights deal? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think they would probably, I mean, I don't work with Mourinho, so um, I don't know for sure, but I think it's likely that for those type of commercial deals, um, it's pretty likely that they would um, probably go through um, uh, an image rights company. So, yeah, I think you're right there. Um, got one from Andres. Uh, image rights uh, agreements, um, use, I mean, uh, image rights agreements can be solved under CAS um, or TAS jurisdiction. Um, 
It's a good question, that. I mean, Lee, uh, all of the agreements that I tend to see, image rights agreements, because they are effectively contractual um, relationships um, and because they're usually being contracted with in a particular jurisdiction, the jurisdiction clause and dispute clause will tend to be England, England and Wales law for the contracts that I'm advising on. Um, but the dispute resolution clause is usually the courts of England and Wales. Um, I have seen clauses that, if the parties agree, can be go to can go to arbitration. For example, it just might not be CAS or TAS. For example, it might be the UK equivalent, or it just could be a normal type of uh, dispute resolution arbitration chamber um, specialist sport one um, or not. Um, Javier, uh, as mentioned in your book, uh, creating image rights company has tax benefits. I know you're not a tax lawyer, but is this type of procedure only advantageous from certain amounts, top players? Yeah, I think I think it's a good point. Um, you know, un unless there is significant revenues coming in through boot deals, from club deals, from ambassador deals into an image rights company, it does take quite a lot of accounting effort to keep them going because you're effectively having to do annual returns like you would do for any type of company. So usually it's advice from um, the the play as accountant really to work out whether it's tax efficient to do it in this way but also in effect you know there's got to be a commercial justification for it it shouldn't just be done off the hoof but again usually if you're you know earning probably more than 50 to 60 thousand pounds a year by way of club book deal um other ambassadorial deals usually that type seems to be the threshold for um players at least considering doing it through um an image rights company uh rather than just doing it um personally um correct exactly the point because then you'll need to pay so the next question how they put is that if then you take that money out then you'll have to pay extra tax on dividends etc because one of the things that obviously not a tax lawyer and accounting lawyer but account lawyer um, accountant rather but um what tends to be the most efficient way sometimes of doing things is um the 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 player keeps amounting money and uh, keeps putting money away into that image rights company and that money keeps building up. Um, you can probably, probably put it into a high yield interest account. You can do investments out of that company if you wanted to. But ideally, from a tax perspective at least, because you have to pay tax on um, taking that money out, ideally you would try not, the player would try, would be advised not to if possible. Um, to keep that money in and then maybe when the player is retired uh, or at least certain tax mechanisms to be able to reduce um, their tax exposure by um, putting in place um, certain um, certain procedures so um, that can reduce um, the the tax payable at that particular time after the player is retired. Um, Mazza, thanks for the question Paul. How many players from a club have separate image rights deals with the club during the course of a season? The elite Premier League club squad will be on image right deals. Um, it can sometimes be the case that rights deal um, and that the club will just do a straightforward and it won't involve image rights contract, it will just be all through a player's employment playing contract. But I would have thought the vast majority of players at you know, Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, um, uh, I've definitely missed Arsenal, no, I think I missed anyone else out, um, those top teams and others, Everton as well, I know, will will have a decent amount of their squad, if not most of their full squad, um, on types of image rights deals. The point is, I guess, that it's important for them to then exploit those deals um, and make sure that they are 
earning some money from the players that the players are effectively engaged in undertaking the commercial services as is required under that image rights um, contract. Um, Fad, um, how much does an image rights agreement restrict the player from engaging in personal commercial endorsements? Great question. And the answer to that is it sometimes can be quite significantly. Um, but it depends on the club and it depends on the club for two reasons. One is um, that the larger Premier League clubs are um, increasingly um, entering into more varied commercial partnership arrangements with a variety of different brands. Now, if the image rights agreement, uh, and this is one of my one of my main negotiating points I sometimes have, is if the image rights agreement starts off as saying the player's image rights company can't enter into any um, deals with competitors of the club's partners, then those club's partners might be very wide. It might be 50, 60, 70 companies, which obviously is very restrictive. Um, if possible, the idea is to try and rein in the club partner definition to a number of core club partners is one idea. Um, and then the other idea is actually to try and actually consider what a competitor actually is. Because if, for example, we just take the car market, for example, is it the fact that um, BMW is competing with Volkswagen, for example? I, you know, I, I don't think they're in the same market for... Um, the, the 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 same car market to a degree they're in the overall car market but they might be in different segments of that market which may consider whether they are actually competitors um, or not. Um, so yeah, we had a question from Mario. Xabi Alonso case in Spain boils down to the issue of tax evasion avoidance. I'm not sure there's a question there, Mario, but um, yeah, feel free to write down anything more if you can on that. I, mean, I can try and answer that. Uh, David, how common are image rights um, contracts and companies amongst um, FA, um, yeah, women uh, Super League players? So um, I haven't seen yet, I haven't been involved yet in any uh, WSL uh, image rights player contracts with clubs. But what the FA do have um, um, is um, central contracts that commercial exploitation. So I haven't yet done too many image rights contracts for female players at um, UK clubs, um, but I have um, tried to help on a number of occasions with um, female players that have central contracts with the FA for when they're on England duty, um, and that's pretty common. Uh, Nate. Can image rights deals be renegotiated when the player is being offered a contract extension as well? Or once a club initially purchases the rights, do they have it until the player leaves? Yeah, great one. So what usually happens is um, when the player transfers in, one image rights contract will be signed um, and negotiated at that point. And then what can happen on um, renegotiation of a contract what can sometimes happen because the overall remuneration package is going up, then the uh, then it might well be that the player's uh, image and brand has also increased in value, and therefore the club are willing to pay more money to endorse, or rather to exploit the player's image. So at that point, if there's a contract extension, usually the image rights contract will also be extended, and it may well be that the image rights contract with the club um, is um, also being updated for lots of different reasons as well. So yes, it's usually um, 
when whenever there's a contract a transfer in or a contract renegotiation and what usually occurs there's um, uh, a mirroring effect so that when if, if and when the player is transferred player's legacy image can still be used by the club even after the um, uh, transfer has happened and the player is no longer at the club um Tirato, hi pal um thanks for the message question is can there be a provision in an image rights agreement for enhancement of the consideration amount with each passing year based on increment with when certain parameters like social media following or mentions yeah it's a really good one um i haven't seen too many that for that i mean the reverse is sometimes true as well is that when the valuation is actually occurring for how valuable um a deal might be the the, the justification or commercial justification for the deal um, may be more significant because of the player's social following and the social and the engagement levels, etc. So um, there, there can be performance-related measures, usually there to do with um, the player um, uh, doing better for the team, therefore his um, image increasing in value as a result. Um, but usually the, the commercial parameters would usually be higher um, and one of the, those factors could be the, the great commercial and social presence for that um, particular player. Um, uh, Amina, uh, thanks for that. Would, uh, sorry, I missed the thing. Uh, wouldn't the player be taxed twice, i.e. corporation tax at company level plus personal income tax at the player level? If you were to take the money out of the company, how do they get around this? Great question. They don't. So that's, that's exactly the point. So um, uh, corporation tax would be paid and then uh, dividends tax rate if the, the money was going to be taken out by dividends, which actually then makes it um, pretty un, um, uh, unattractive to take money out of an image rights company if you can possibly help it, is the short answer. Um, please, could you talk about image rights, uh, Devon, uh, image IP rights with respect to fancy football sports? Um, yeah, I sort of mentioned that before. Um, Mario, it wasn't a question, but a remark. Since um, IR companies are viewed as abusive, yeah, I think I think they're just. It's important to balance the argument here, which is there's a lot of controversy about image rights companies, um, and I think if they are set up correctly, they're exploited um, in the right way. Um, that agreements are set up correctly, and both parties are finding significant commercial value. Then I, I agree. I think there's um, a real legitimate commercial. Um, appetite from clubs from brands from boot deals um, to enter into those deals uh, eduardo what's the usual and maximum ratio of total compensation of the player that can be paid to an image rights in the uk company in the uk yeah brilliant question great question so um that's been a matter of controversy over the years um but what hmrc had done a few years back they actually had um, a rolling three-year agreement with clubs that so long as particular parameters were set, that HMRC on the whole wouldn't query or challenge those particular deals. That 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 overall deal has expired. Um, but the, the general parameters at the time were that so long as the player's um, image rights payments as a total percentage of the overall remuneration weren't more than 20% of the total remuneration, generally that was seen to be um, um, a decent ratio. So 20% is the... Um, is, the, is the usual ratio. Um, uh, Aya, can conflicts of interest arise in image rights deals with competitors, i.e. Messi sponsored by Adidas for boot deal, but Nike sponsor Barcelona? Yeah, great one. So that is usually the only um, instance that is carved out 
So usually in image rights deals, a club image rights deal, for example, Barcelona wouldn't be able to stop um, Messi being sponsored by Adidas. But outside of that boot manufacturer um, caveat, usually image rights deals will put restrictions on other types um, of deals. Um, football talent, could uh, the total payable amount of image rights contracts be higher than uh, the actual employment contract? Yeah, the simple answer is no. Um, well, it's not that it's no, it's just it, it very much couldn't be because um, clubs would probably be in trouble at, um, at that. And usually, just as I mentioned in the question before, it's usually around 20%. Um, hi, Daniel, great info, thanks. How do negative acts such as Deli Ali's social media posts on um, the uh, coronavirus impact upon his personal uh, a PSC company, uh, image rights company, and the club. Well, yeah, it's just you know I think more generally, um, you know, players need to be um, concerned about um, what they are putting out um, on social media. And you know, I've got actually got a social media session next week, and we can talk actually about the negative impacts of social media, from you know um, FA bans to disciplinary action taken by clubs, etc. So yeah, it's definitely an ongoing thing that people have to. And players especially have to be concerned with. Um, Andrew, uh, how important for you uh, is alignment? So it's just saying my connection's a bit unstable. Hopefully we'll go for a second. Um, how important is it for you alignment of values for any agreement made? Um, yeah, so that, I think if that's the general point, which is, you know, players only want should be only be entering into deals, commercial deals more generally that align with their brand values, their interests, just to show authenticity of uh, message that you know you can feel like you you believe that the person wants to promote the good, um, the service, the the holiday destination, whatever else it might be. So that's um, uh, yeah, pretty important there. And I think it's only because we're at 35 minutes now. I don't want to keep everyone for too much longer. So, um, yeah, brilliant question again. That's fantastic. Um, I'm just going to do a couple of um, last quick shout outs, if that's all right, just as the regular features. My book recommendation for the day, if I hope you're staying with me, which is okay, which is um, probably one of the iconic ever uh, sports books, which is uh, Moneyball. So I read this quite a while back now, loved it. Um, Michael Lewis is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writer. One of my favorite writers actually. Um, and he wrote a book about the Oakland days and Billy Bean. Um, and if you haven't read this, I would highly recommend it. It's just awesome. Not only is it brilliant storytelling, but it just should, um, gives a brilliant narrative as to how um, Billy Bean managed to orchestrate um, investing um, not huge amounts in his baseball team um, through clever trades, through finding undervalued assets, through looking at different means for making sure that um, his team could be as successful as possible. So the, 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 the films there as well, film's not my favourite, um, but the book is just absolutely fantastic. So uh, yeah, enjoy hopefully um, that, if that's all right. Um, what else am I going to say? You can usually follow me on the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm TikToking. I'm on, obviously, on YouTube, as you all know. Um, the podcast um, you can listen to as well. All of these sessions hopefully are going to be on soon, which is um, the Dundeal podcast that you can subscribe to. And obviously, uh, there's the Dundeal book um, as well. So 
lastly, if I can just mention as usual, please, please, please spread the word about um, Noah's Ark Children's Hospice. Um, it's a fantastic cause and they need funds and help uh, with donations at the moment. So please spread the word on that. And at that note, I'll just say my Instagram. So my Instagram is football law. So most of my social prompts are football law um, across my media. Um, on that note, thank you very much for um, listening in. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram at football law read my blogs and listen to my previous podcasts via my website danielg.com forward slash blogs please do subscribe to the Dundee football podcast like share and tag me if you like the content if not my voice you'll probably also like my book Dundee an insider's guide to football contracts multi-million pound transfers and premier league big business a bit of a mouthful it's available to buy in hard copy digitally via Audible. All links are in the podcast show notes. Lastly, the podcast is powered by 13, which is a fashion brand I've started. All proceeds go towards cancer charity research, and particularly the stellar work done by John Krell, who has helped my mum through some difficult times over the last few years. You can take a look at the merch and hopefully buy a t-shirt, hoodie, cap, or all three. Please do spread the word go to 13shop.co.uk that's 13shop.co.uk thanks for listening